Welcome to the Global Medical Device Podcast, where today's brightest minds in the medical device industry go to get their most useful and actionable insider knowledge, direct from some of the world's leading medical device experts and companies. You know, one of the things that makes Greenlight Guru unique is what we call our Guru Edge. And more specifically, we have a whole team of people, medical device gurus, who have a ton of industry experience prior to joining Greenlight Guru. And I thought we would try something a little bit different on the Global Medical Device Podcast. I thought we would feature some of our gurus and let you know a little bit about who they are and their background and how they work with customers and medical device companies all over the globe. So enjoy this episode of the Global Medical Device Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Global Medical Device Podcast. This is your host and founder at Greenlight Guru, John Spear. And from time to time, we've done some episodes where we've shared a uh, meet the guru conversation. And as many of you probably are aware, maybe not, but hopefully are, Greenlight Guru, we have uh, quite a few folks on our team who have prior medical device experience who have come on board uh, to help work with customers and, and help you know, and, and continue to evolve and, and uh, adapt our existing platform to continue to meet the needs of medical device professionals. And joining me on this episode is one of those medical device gurus, Sarah Adams. Sarah, welcome. Hi. Thanks, John. Absolutely. So I guess before we dive too deep into the conversation today, take a moment and give people a little bit of background and who you are and you know, maybe some of the areas of your expertise. Yeah, sure. I'm Sarah Adams. I have been in the medical device field for almost 10 years. I came straight out of college with a biomedical engineering degree and went to my previous employer I worked in the post-manufacturing industry for several different customers, utilized us from everything from inspection, cleaning services, and distribution. I served as a quality engineer. I served in a training capacity prior to that. And just over the span of those years, worked a lot with onboarding new processes. I worked in internal audits and then hosting all of the regulatory audits, all of the supplier audits that we brought on site. Probably one of my favorite projects that I was able to work on. When I started, our company was significantly smaller and we, we grew over time. And we had originally started in a paper-based quality management system. And so during my time there, I was able to work and step in, step us into an electronic quality management system. So really have done a lot from processes, CAPAs, audits. I love QMS systems and I love onboarding and helping customers really, really fit into that QMS system. That's terrific. And, you know, it's folks, uh, Greenlight has a few different varieties, if you will, of, of medical device gurus, people with knowledge about regulatory and quality systems and product development. And Sarah, I mean, I guess I'm a little curious. I mean, I know you're newer to the team, but so far, what do you find the most enjoyable about being a guru? So far, the most enjoyable part for me is really just listening to all of our customer stories, the customers that Greenlight gets to work with. You know, I, I spoke that my previous role, I worked with several different customers and onboarding them into our quality management system 
Green Light gets to do that globally. And we get to help different types of customers come in and, and best utilize our our system. But I, I think the coolest part to me is just listening to what they're creating and, and what vision they have in the medical device space. I know it's early days and your exposure to customers is probably a little bit limited, but of those customer stories, I mean, what is, I guess, without divulging too many trade secrets or identity and that sort of thing, what are some of the favorite things that you've heard so far? And my favorite ones that come to mind are the ones that are working with children. As a mom, I never lose sight that my family could be the patient on the table. And as a mom, just listening to the stories of, of some of our customers who are working directly to change children's lives really just strikes me and, and just kind of takes me back that I'm kind of floored that I get the opportunity to help these customers come quicker to market by using green light and you know change the lives of kids that could be my child. Yeah. And I'm always a little fascinated too as to, you know, medical device professionals and their journey and how their kind of their how and why, but what led you to the medical device industry? Was was this an on purpose thing or or sort of an accidental thing? Oh, a little bit of both. I started out with visions for medical school. I wanted to help people. I've always loved helping people. I had grandparents and just family members that I had watched doctors make a big difference in their life. And so that was my trajectory. I started in biomedical engineering with that in mind. In my sophomore year, I fell in love with the engineering side of things. And so, you know, being in biomedical engineering, obviously the medical device industry is where your focus becomes. And I had a class in college that we studied, it was biomechanics and we watched surgeries. And that was kind of what started peaked to this interest in, in the medical device industry. I did not necessarily want to create the devices and I found quality by chance, applied for several positions and had a quality engineer position available and really like a better position could not have been made for me. I love processes and procedures and helping people follow what regulations have been put in place and just coming up with solutions to do that in an efficient way and in a cost-effective way as well. And so I would say that medical device industry was definitely the path that I wanted to go once I got out of that med school path. But I wanted, ultimately, my goal and my dream was just to be able to help people. Yeah, I mean, I think that's most med device professionals I've talked to that, you know, there's there's some similar type of thing that motivates us, you know, and I'm guessing folks who have avid listeners of the Global Medical Device Podcast, you know, maybe you've heard some of my stories all too often, but I'll keep it brief just in case somebody's already heard this story. But for me, the moment I got into med device by accident, I was more or less, I I had some, uh, I have a chemical engineering degree, but I had some biomedical um, engineering elective courses that I took and I thought it was cool and fascinating, but I never really considered or thought about a career in the med device industry. I didn't even really know that was a thing at the time. Coming out of school, I needed a job. I didn't want to live with my parents. And the opportunity that that I found was with a medical device company. And it was fun. It was exciting. You know, I was a product development engineer. I got to prototype and break things and test things and, and all that sort of thing. But to me, the moment, the light bulb moment was one of the first times that I was present for a device that I was actually involved with developing. 
and being there for the first clinical use, human clinical use, and realizing how cool it was first and foremost. But then I had a moment where I was extremely terrified because I realized, you know, I'm standing less than 10 feet away from a patient in the OR who came in, you know, for a procedure, expecting to leave alive after the procedure and realizing my device is about to be used for the first time ever. And that was like an epiphany for me. And I was like, wow, the things that I do as a medical device professional can have extreme impact on the quality of life. And I want it to be a positive impact. So from that moment forward, that's sort of been my North Star, if you will. Yeah, I I feel that so much because you know, we, especially in training in the medical device industry, like you never want to lose sight of that patient. Ultimately, the fact that we're not doing something that's, you know, going to be something that somebody just uses and and discards, but it's ultimately something that could affect their entire life. All right. I'm going to take a brief pause. I want to remind folks, I am talking with Sarah Adams. Sarah is a medical device guru at Greenlight Guru. She works with customers all over the globe. Her area of expertise is quality management system and procedures. You heard her say it. She loves procedures. She loves systems. So she's a great resource to have on your team if you're considering a medical device-specific quality management system, which we so happen to have at Greenlight Guru. If you'd like to learn more, go to www.greenlight.guru. We'd be happy to have a conversation with you, understand your needs, what challenges you might be faced with with your existing systems and see if there might be an opportunity to leverage the award-winning medical device quality management system designed specifically and exclusively for the medical device industry by actual medical device professionals, people like Sarah, people like me, as well as the rest of our gurus. We are all involved in the design and development of the platform. So check it out, www.greenlight.guru. All right, Sarah, you mentioned that prior to Greenlight, you had the opportunity to implement an electronic quality management system. Now, I've done this uh, a few times myself, and I don't want to lead the witness too much, but what are some of the the challenges and obstacles that you faced when putting a a quality management system in place? Because I can imagine that there's a fair number of folks listening that you know, maybe they're considering doing so or, or they've done it before and they're looking for a better solution. But what, what sort of tips and pointers or challenges and obstacles do you think people should be aware of? You know, the biggest thing, the biggest word that comes to mind when you say that is, is change. We had, we, we didn't know where to start, first of all. So it was kind of a like, man, there's so much that needs to go into this. Where do we even begin? But I, I say change because we had a lot of employees and we had a lot of individuals who felt strongly about what direction we should go in. We also had a lot of individuals who didn't want to see change come. You know, and you've been using a paper-based system and it's worked well for so long, or I shouldn't say well, it's worked good enough. It's worked good enough. Why change? And as far as it gave us so much in the way of efficiencies that I think every person would tell you they would never go back to doing it the old way, even those who didn't want to change. But as far as tips and pointers, we started with documents and training. I think those were foundational, you know, for laying the foundation of, of a really good quality system and, and making sure that you get it all, you know, that you get that in there, that you get that foundation so that you can continue to build from there. We also, as as far as going back to that change word, 
We spend a lot of time training people and really helping them understand what this system could do for them that they would not no longer have to rely on people to do. We spend a lot of time chasing documents and realistically, you know, being in COVID times versus non-COVID times, like there were constant times that we looked at our system and said, there's absolutely no way we could have done this in 2020 if we had not had our electronic quality management system. But really most important advice that I could give is laying that foundation so that you can build on it, you know, taking time to do it the right way and not just rushing to put it in place, but thinking through and having a plan, having a project plan, whatever that looks like for your company so that you can outline all the steps and timelines and taking the the time to put that change in place in a way that people who are resisting that can see the value of it. Yeah, I think that's really important. I mean, it's doing any sort of improvement to your overall quality management system. It is a, a significant project. And I think it, to your point, it's important to have a plan. But within that plan, I, I think it's good to find priorities, uh, prioritize things, You know, maybe even find where the, I guess, low-hanging fruit or, or opportunities are to, to gain some momentum. Because, you know, it's classic change and people... Generally speaking, uh, especially when it comes to things like quality, seem to be highly resistant to change. Were there any any sort of things that you found that that motivated people, or or where some light bulbs maybe went off on for people where they're like, oh, now I get it. Any anything there that that you think is worth sharing? I think the first time that we did not have to walk a paper training form around the facility to get everyone's signatures on it was a light bulb moment for a lot of people. And the same thing could be said just from a change order perspective, not having to hunt documents down and and really babysit things because you know there was the system that told them what to do and sent them notification that they were needed you know on on this next thing so i think that was a big light bulb moment for a lot of people with anything when you get time you know when you get time back um, that you otherwise were spending doing you know things that didn't bring a lot of value or ultimately brought value but when you're having to chase something down just not not valuable for your of your time i think that was really a light bulb moment for for the group to see the ways that we could bring efficiencies so that our team could focus on other things that other projects and other other timelines that that were critical to our business so you've been in the industry for uh, a few years. I'm guessing during that period of time, you've seen lots of things change and evolve. I guess through your 2021 lens, what do you see as some of the biggest challenges that our industry is faced with right now? Man, I think, you know, just from my perspective, I have seen a lot change in my time in the device industry. But, you know, I think like just from my perspective, auditing in 2020, 2021 changed a lot. I was, like I mentioned, I was responsible for hosting all of our audits. We actually hosted our notified body and the FDA the same week prior to the country shutting down. And so on site prior to that. And then, you know, after that, everything drastically changed. And so I I think, you know, one thing that 2020, 2021 has, has brought with it is just some, how do we get in facilities to audit And what other practices can we put in place 
what can we take away from 2020 and implement long-term, like be that virtual audits or on-site audits? And that's just from my perspective and what we, my previous company had to make sure that we were meeting requirements and, and doing effectively and efficiently um, in a time period where we couldn't all be together. So, you know, what be that, you know, giving people access to your electronic quality management system or, or doing a virtual audit well, I think that's a challenge and then something that we can look to improve on as a result of this year. Okay. Again, I know your your days at Greenlight. I mean, you're you've you've been here just a short period of time so far, but I'm guessing during a lot of that period of time, you know, it's just observing and listening and and just getting acclimated to you know sort of how Greenlight works with customers and that sort of thing. And I'm also confident at this point, you have a pretty good idea of things that are important for success. You know, what what are things that companies, you know, whether they're Greenlight Guru customers or not, what what are some things that stick out to you as important for success as a medical device company? I think being knowledgeable in the requirements, both in ISO and in Part 820, but you know, just really leaning on the resources that are available. So I think some things that our customers do well is is they lean into the gurus and they lean into the best practices that are providing it training and, and onboarding. You know, really going back to setting up setting up the quality management system, but laying a good foundation so that you can, you know, move move forward and you've you've set up everything in a way that makes sense and and really done your due diligence to make sure that you have procedures that are meeting those requirements. I think that's something that our customers, you know, that I've seen can do really well to set them up for success. Absolutely. Sir, this has been great. I appreciate you sharing some of your perspectives and experiences in the medical device industry and a little bit about your journey so far as a medical device guru. Any last second tips or pointers or or things you want to leave the audience with? Um, I have loved my time at Greenlight so far. I um, have learned so much and I, you know, I really feel like Greenlight Guru provides such an amazing resource for so many companies in the medical device industry. You know, I've talked a lot about setting the foundation and taking the time to do it right. But Greenlight gives an amazing edge because it takes all of that and puts it in it puts it in a form that is easier to digest and understand and implement for our customers and that is something that I so appreciate given my previous background I think we do a really great great job greenlight does a really great job of bringing customers into the software and helping them understand how to use it and how to be successful for their company Sarah thanks for, for- sharing that. And and folks, I know I have an extreme bias as the founder of Greenlight Guru, but this is on purpose. We've designed our company and our platform in a way that hopefully leads to your success as a medical device company. That's why we have medical device gurus like Sarah Adams on our team, because they've been there, they've done that. They've lived through the challenges and obstacles that you're facing as a medical device professional. You just heard Sarah share a moment ago that you know, uh, before joining Greenline and before COVID, you know she had FDA inspection and ISO audit on site the same week. That's crazy, 
So she knows what she's talking about. So this is, you know, our, our entire team of gurus, they, they all have this experience that's here to help guide you to being successful in your endeavors as, as medical device companies. And we truly believe in our mission, and that is to improve the quality of life. And we know that what we're doing, products and services that we provide, help improve the quality of your life as medical device professionals, as well as help get those products that you're designing and developing and manufacturing into the hands of the caregivers and the patients that need them the most. So as always, thank you for being listeners of the Global Medical Device Podcast, the number one podcast in the medical device industry. And as uh, always, this is the founder and host at Greenlight Guru, John Spear, and you have been listening to the Global Medical Device Podcast.